Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. You can follow us on Twitter, at PTG Program. Troy Silva is author of the best-selling book available on Amazon and iTunes for coaching baseball. It's called Nine Innings of Hitting. He joins us now in the BTG studio line. I guess, Troy, we could say you wrote the book on hitting. Uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> I wrote this book on hitting, but um, as far as writing the book on hitting, I don't think anybody's really wrote the book on hitting. There's too many ways to do it. While playing in the Cleveland Indian system, you once pitched 35 consecutive scoreless innings. And while playing in an independent league, you led the league in ERA two times. How does a pitcher end up writing a book about hitting? Well, that's funny you ask because I really wasn't a pitcher. I was a thrower. I never really pitched until pro ball. My first basically time stepping on the mound was in a pro setting in spring training. So I was a third baseman, outfielder, first baseman my whole career. And uh, one day I get a phone call after I was done playing saying, you've been drafted by Cleveland and you're going to be a pitcher. And I said, no. And they said, yes. And I said, no. And I fought it like crazy. So anyway, uh, long story short, end up throwing, I call it. And uh, the reason why the 35 scoreless inning strike happened is because I knew what hitters wanted and I never gave it to them. It's been my contention, Troy, that the game of baseball is sort of hindered by a lack of quality coaching at the youth level. Do you agree, and what are some of the myths that you see taught to young players today that professionals like yourself have to work to correct? Well, I agree, first and foremost, that uh, youth coaching is its becoming worse and worse. I don't know why. I think one of the main reasons, though, is um, I think everyone thinks they're a professional instructor these days. I mean, there's so many academies and places where you can pay to get lessons and training and stuff like that, where I don't really think they're qualified to do something like that. Um, so I think, you know, kids pay for a hitting lesson or a pitching lesson and they think that, um, you know, they're going to be the next best thing and, you know, they get taught all this stuff that most of the time not isn't necessarily wrong. It's just not what they need individually. So, um, the other thing I, I, I basically have an opinion on is I don't think it's really about the kids these days. For whatever reason, coaching's become this. It's all about me, you know, and my system and my way. And if you don't do it, then you're not going to have success where it's not really about the kids. And if you make it about the kids, you know, you'll have more success that way because it'll be more enjoyable, more fun. They'll learn more. They'll be, they'll want to be there and they'll, they'll basically be excited to play for you. God bless those people that are willing to lead a team. But I see a, a, a really a true shortage of, of what I would say are true coaches. What's the one key thing you'd like to see coaches instructing their players? Um, well, I think it's about all about example. I mean, Anybody that's been in the baseball or the softball world knows it's just the environment wherever you go is just out of control. I mean, you got coaches yelling at eight-year-old kids. You get, you know, coaches getting kicked out of games for, you know, umpire opinions. There's all these things that it's just, just out of control. So I think the biggest thing is just to be an example and lead by example and be an influence. And that's my goal is to walk basically how Christ would want me to walk and be an example and a light to this dark baseball world. It's a desperate, uh, need to have coaches out there that are different and that are bold and that will stand on faith and stand on, you know, Christ-like beliefs and basically not afraid from that. So the baseball world, you get any baseball game, the coaches are cussing and swearing, kids are chewing, it's just cocky, it's just arrogant, and it's just, it's horrible. So, I mean, that's where we here at Rio Athletics uh, strive to be, and we try to be an example more than anything else. And, you know, people want that. They want that discipline and structure in their lives, and they want a coach that actually cares instead of just about baseball through the motion. In many areas of the country, including our own, there seems to be a trend away from the game as far as participation goes among young people. I think that's due in part to the fact that they don't learn or appreciate the strategy of the game of baseball. 
For example, rather than coaches giving instruction on a strategy of a particular game situation, I'll hear them just say things like, hit the ball hard. And while that's not necessarily bad instruction, it's not tailored to the situation. What do you think, Troy? From a hitting perspective, how how important is it for a hitter to have a plan before he even enters the batter's box? Well, that's a tough question because, number one, every hitter is di- different, and I know this is where most coaches fail. You know, you hear a coach say something that's necessarily not wrong, but it's not what that individual hitter needs at, at one time, you know. So, I mean, for, for example, you can have one hitter that can be smart enough to have a specific plan and approach against that pitcher, and then you got another hitter that overanalyzes everything and then for him to even think of anything at the place, it's going to make him overanalyze and, and not be able to compete. So it's it's that fine line of having a balance of you know having that approach against that individual pitcher, plus knowing your individual hitters and giving them what they truly need. And quite honestly, that's where most coaches fail. And if you want better results, you have to break into each player individually. Team approach is great, but you have to give hitters what they need individually and not just your system or your philosophy that works for you. There's a trend among young athletes to be sports-specific throughout the entire year. We also seem to see an increase in serious injuries, such as Tommy John surgery among young players. Are you concerned about young people being focused on one sport, and is there a need for better sports-specific conditioning? Um, I think it's kind of dependent on the level of the athlete and you know what level they're potentially going to play at. Um, as far as playing multiple sports, I think... I think kids are doing a disservice if they're just playing one sport, whatever that is, especially at a young age. By the time, you know, they're a junior or senior in high school, maybe they might start focusing on it. But even then, I mean, I played two or three sports my whole life, and it's just like the season rolled around, and you just kind of got up and played. So I think uh, the focus, I guess, being on one sport specific, it can be beneficial for some, and it can be very detrimental for others. Again, it goes back to each individual player. As long as they're uh, doing the things they need to do off the field, and on the field to, to make it happen, and it's great. And then, you know, working with each player, again, it goes back to that individualism, make sure it's giving them what they need. We're talking with Troy Silva. He's the author of the best-selling book, Nine Innings of Hitting. It's available at iTunes and also on Amazon. You can follow Troy on Twitter, at Troy P. Silva. You have a unique perspective. As both someone who pitched and as a hitter, we've been debating on this program the merits of the unwritten rules. I should say the many unwritten rules in baseball. For example, Bryce Harper last week, he hit three home runs, but then he flips that bat, and it was a lengthy admiration of one of those home runs. Do you have a problem with a player admiring their work like that? You know, at that level, I think you kind of earn the right to have a little bit of, you know, swag, as you call it these days. But I think that what these, the biggest, the biggest thought I have on this is these players, whether they like it or not, they're being looked at as role models, you know, and it's like, the the bat flips are great, but if you see a 16-year-old kid do that, it could be the difference of him getting a scholarship or not, and it could be the difference of him getting a fastball on the top of his head the next mm. the next pitch you get. So it's like it's just it's that fine line of just understanding who you are, and it's also that fine line between arrogance and cockiness versus confidence. So I tell our players all the time, if you're not confident, you can't compete at a high level. But at the same time, if you're cocky, you're going to get humble pretty quick. So we call it humble confidence here at Real Athletic. And we also say, you know, it's not really about you. I mean, all that stuff in the moment is great. You know, he's fired up, he's pumped, he hit a walk-off home run. But at the same time, you know, is it helping or hindering your team? And we always tell our kids, too, to, to check that out, too. And I just look at, you know, <laughs> with that home run by Harper the other day, I look at the role model and the effect that he could have and the influence he could have on all the people, that, especially the young kids that are watching that game. You know, is that going to hinder hinder somebody? I don't know. But at the same time, I don't think it was very helpful. 
On the back cover of your book, you reference a verse, 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What significance does that verse have for you? Kind of basically what we just talked about. I mean, it's it's basically fearing nothing and basically being confident in your ability and doing everything that you do with the presence of, I'm fearless and I, I'm going to do it all for the glory of God. So it's God did not give us a spirit of timidity. He wants us to be out there and compete in whatever, whatever we do. He doesn't want us to be timid. He wants us to be bold. So that's the old uh, timidity versus, um, you know, cockiness, I guess you got to be careful with. But that's the whole focus on, you know, that verse here that we use is, is be confident, be, you know, fearless, don't be fearful, don't be timid, don't be shy, and be bold with what you do and compete. How important has your faith been in your career and in your family? Well, it's everything. I mean, I became a Christian. It was in football, actually. And, um, you know, I accepted the Lord first and foremost to try to get to the big league. You know, a couple of years later, God said, I have a different plan for you. And now I'm up here at Rio Athletics in Washington running this baseball academy, which is one of the biggest on the West Coast. You know, we train tens of thousands of kids every year. So looking back at it, I can see the plan that he had in my life. But as far as the importance of it, I mean, it's everything I do. My goal and everything I do is to honor Christ and to make sure I'm an example, especially when we're out coaching on the field against other teams and organizations. Can you share with us how you first became a believer in Christ? Uh, it's a pretty long testimony, but I was fishing on the dock with a buddy in pro ball on, uh, in Winter Haven, Florida, and he was a pastor's son, and we just started talking about it. And, you know, I said, that would probably be pretty cool since, you know, my goal is to make the big leagues, and, you know, it'd be pretty cool to have God on my side. So, you know, I accepted the Lord that day, and ever since, you know, it kind of changed and made me want to walk it on a, on a different pace and a different level. And, you know, over the years, I've just grown, and it's not about now what what I can do as far as, um, you know, making it to the big leagues or what I can do personally. It's about being a representation of Christ. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about Rio Athletics and what it is you do there and, and your role? Well, yeah, we, um, like I said, we have one of the biggest facilities uh, in the Northwest, maybe in the whole country. Uh, um, we train athletics, all sports, but the main focus is baseball. We do hitting, pitching, fielding, catching, all the defensive stuff, all the offensive stuff. We do weight training, speed, agility. We even do uh, help with college placement programs. Um, we actually have a volleyball program that has 300-plus kids, teams, leagues. Um, we basically do a little bit of everything, and, and um, the main focus is to be Christ-like and to be an example. How can we pray for you? Do you have any prayer requests that are... Oh, absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing is just making sure we don't stray from the truth and that uh, we stay bold and continue to be the example because being bold in a world like this, you get uh, arrow shot at you every day. I mean, there's people coming at you all different directions. So, honestly, I don't really care. Uh, my prayer is that I basically am bold and that those arrows get straight back at the devil and that we continue to do what we do and be an example for these kids and make it about the kids and an example for the parents on how to parent their children too as well and just kind of be there for for everyone so it's not really about just the baseball aspect of it it's more about you know life and life principles that we instill in the kids well i appreciate that and we'll keep that in prayer i want to thank you again for joining us he's troy silva you can follow him on twitter at troy p silva troy thanks again and uh, best of luck with your career and boy it sounds like i can really get a sense of your heart for teaching young people and getting them to enjoy the game Awesome. I appreciate you having me. Uh, having me. The one last plug, we have an app coming out, too. So if they check out RehoApp.com, it should be released in this next week. Um, we, we have basically 
everything you need to know for baseball on there. We do have college placement. We have coaches' practice plans. There's, there's baseball trivia, which is informal, informational and in, involvement that way. Uh, and then we actually have a spot in this app where it's pretty cool where you can take a video of your player, send it in, answer some questions, and we give you drills specifically for that individual to help them improve and get better. So check it out. It should be dropping here within the next week or two, RioApp.com. That's RioApp.com, R-I-J-O-A-P-P.com, RioApp, Rio Athletics. Troy, thanks once again for joining us. Thanks a lot, Rick. God bless. That's Troy Silva, author of the best-selling book, Nine Innings of Hitting. You can get it on Amazon or on iTunes. You can follow Troy on Twitter, at Troy P. Silva. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.